What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Live from Estopan All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados Podcast on the State of Louisville Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach. And this week, I'm joined by several of my friends. Benton, you know Benton. Benton's, Benton's always here. That's boring. But uh, we also have Robin <laughs> Pryor and Jeff Greer. Much more interesting people. Nobody's ever called me interesting, Zach. So thank <laughs> you for the Yikes. <laughs> I think you're interesting, Benton. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that, Jeff. <laughs> Only when it comes ah. to spreadsheets. Ah, there it is. <laughs> You're pretty handy with them. You got to say. He taught me Power BI, so he sort of taught me Power BI. I guess offline, I got to ask you how that's going. But yeah. we will we will not dive into Power BI on this podcast because we're here to talk about racing Louisville's season that was the 2023 year. Had some highs, had some lows. Yep. So we will break had it down. Had a lot of middles. Share our thoughts. Lots of medals, yeah. But they said medals. I'm like, when did we get a medal? No medals. <laughs> no medals, unfortunately. Hey, we got a silver medal in uh, in Raleigh. Oh, that's it, fair. Did, yeah. Is there a second did place? Did they physically get one? Think. Uh, I think it was a spiritual, uh, <laughs> spiritual silver go. medal. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. We got hardware and spirit. An yeah. honorary, yeah. Just yeah, it still counts for something. So um, I guess we can start things off at the top and just kind of get our just general thoughts on the on the season before we kind of dive in nitty gritty and go in a few different directions. Zach, you want to kick us off? Do we want to do grades for the season? I think that's what we did last time. I think that's, that's a good way okay. of, of putting it. Yeah. And you can yeah. put a little explanation so, uh, along with that. Uh, I think I think this was a C season. I think for me, this was like a kind of straight down the middle a lot of draws i think the team finished probably they were still alive for a playoff berth at the end of the season which is at the start of the season what i said was like my sort of like mid-level what i expect um so i think they they were not significantly far behind my expectations but also did not exceed my expectations uh I think probably the the regular season was a little disappointing. I was wanting that playoff spot, but the Challenge Cup was ahead of my expectations. That I think the they had a very great run in the Challenge Cup, so those things probably average out for like right right out of C. Yeah, I um I actually wrote down a a C minus, and you know this is kind of you know, colored a little bit by my expectations. And I think my, my expectations where I thought this was a team that was capable of, of making the playoffs. And I think after seeing some of these players perform in the world cup, that was, that didn't, that didn't appear to be too, too wild of a, of a goal to reach an achievable goal. And, um, 
you know, why they did stick into it till, till the very end. Um, you know, I think there were definitely some, some missed opportunities. And so, um, I think that just pushes me, um, slightly just a touch below the, the average mark. Yeah. I, I, wait, I should add though, this is not like new, new grade inflation grading scale C. This is like back when we were in school and a C was actually average. So I think, I think now that's like an unacceptable grade. <laughs> what do you mean when you were in school? I'm the oldest one on this podcast. It's what was been it back in your years era? since I was in high school? Did you guys have letters back then? <laughs> we 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 chiseled in stone. That's how we wrote the alphabet. You adapt so well. Look at you and all this modern technology now. From You're stone thriving. chiseling to power bi, like yeah. Full Incredible. <laughs> Jeff, you probably had the most detailed view of everything as all of us so i guess kind of how would you you grade things without getting yourself in too much trouble with your peers <laughs> yeah uh detailed is an understatement um you know was on most of the road trips um was at training pretty much every day um but having also been here in 2022 um and then in 2021 uh, being around the team um as more like a freelancer slash fan um i'm gonna give it a b and an a to me would be making the playoffs which is uh you know which was the goal obviously i know if you talk to any player on the team they would tell you they were disappointed uh, that they did not make the playoffs um but i i think from the inside the amount of growth uh that the team experienced this year um, results aside, obviously the draws were frustrating. And, and, you know, one thing that I would just tell people who are listening, and I know you three know, this is a lot of the stuff that, that fans are feeling, usually the players are and staff are feeling it too, in a different way. I mean, we're living it every day in various forms, whether that's, you know, how can you make training different? How can you train better? How can you play better? All those things. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, the, the 26 player roster or whatever the number ended up being at the end of the year, uh, would sit down and say, yeah, you know, we're disappointed we didn't make the playoffs. Uh, the Challenge Cup run, I, I think in retrospect, uh, after right after the World Cup, probably took a lot of the energy out of the team. Um, you know, uh, we're, that's just where the league is right now, where it's you have to um, play in a game on, on Saturday night and literally go sh- pretty much straight to the airport. We went to the hotel, basically packed and took a nap and went straight to the airport. Um, you fly across the country to go play a team that's playing at home. Um, that That's tough. You get one really kind of day of training and you go play in a final, the first final for most of the players on our team. Um, and I think at the end of that, it was like, holy mackerel, there's been a lot thrown at us in a very short period of time. Uh, when you throw in Savannah DeMello and Ari Borges and all those players, the injuries started to stack up. So, um, you know, that's, I realize a lot uh, there, but most wins, most points, most goals scored, best goals allowed. Um, defense was markedly better this year uh, than it was. And as Zach said, you know, you're in position to to make the playoffs. Obviously we needed a lot of things to go our way, but um, you know, just, just fell short on the last day. And really the vibes were kind of off from the beginning of that game. And you could just kind of tell probably not going to happen. So um, I know we'll get into more individual players later, but I think a bunch of players really um, improved this year. The additions almost to a T were, were hits. 
Um, and I just think the team is ready to take that next step. Um, but next year we're grading on a different scale, I think. So um, that I guess where I started this year uh, to, to where they finished, I'll give them a B knowing that uh, the expectations will be higher next year. I, I couldn't get over how thin the margins ended up being mm-hmm. this season, especially because we talk about, you know, the kind of the, they needed a lot of stuff to break their way to make the playoffs that last game, but just, just like a couple goals in those last couple weeks and like two, two results change and that they, they already have a home game locked up coming mm-hmm. into that. I mean, it, it's just a, the whole, all, the standings were so tight this season that it was just, uh, just a lot of, you know, 50, 50, chances sort of added up to a very wide spread and where they could have finished. So uh, well, you just, you just think about um, the Chicago game, the one, nothing lost to Chicago, obviously very frustrating. Uh, the team was furious after the game that they had not at least drawn. They hit the crossbar twice in the first half. They peppered Chicago at the end of that game and could not come away with a goal. Um, we've all seen our teams, whether they're Premier League teams, Bundesliga, whatever it is, we've all seen our teams do that. Uh, and it's so frustrating. Um, but then you say, well, what if Paige Monahan had been an inch to the right on Savannah McCaskill's shot at Angel City back in April? Maybe that gets deflected. So you just, I mean, the freak goal uh, that that O.L. Reign scored uh, when the ball was kind of in the box in July and they just kind of bounced a header up and over Katie. I mean, there's just so many of those examples. So um, I, I think that's why the league is so fun to watch because, I mean, any bounce can change the entire playoff race. Uh, but unfortunately, we were on the wrong side of it this year. In some re- some regards, the like how close we got to making the playoffs makes it sting all that much more. You know, mm-hmm. so close yet so far away. And I and I think I, I particularly struggle with that. Like you just think back to like you know what if you know game of inches for sure. Yeah, uh, Robin, what Jeff. are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with Jeff. Um, I actually was at a, at a B like from the beginning of the question. So I think anytime you implement a a grading scale, there's always an element of subjectivity anyway. So, um, you can never be fully objective, especially, um, in in our case, right. Because we are pretty much fully embedded, fully immersed in not only the games, but like the day to day, the, the social media of the team, like we're fully, this is part of our lives. So it's really impossible to be fully objective, but with that applying everything, like whatever criteria that are out there in, you know, racing land that people want to put out, out there to, to, to judge by, um, I'm I'm choosing to look more from a holistic perspective and think about, you know, not necessarily what we hadn't accomplished, but what we have and what we overcome to accomplish what we did. So, you know, it's been a very interesting, tumultuous, you know, couple years. And the fact that we almost made playoffs despite the player changes and the coaching changes and the, and the world cup things and, and all the craziness that they came out of from last season and mentally, psychologically, emotionally, all of that, you know, playing through all of that, winning through all of that, uh, making achievements through all of that. Yeah. To me, that isn't, 
comparatively speaking, that's an above average effort and above average accomplishment to me. So I would absolutely go go with the B. I think that's that's a good point about the just the, the kind of turnaround and whatnot. Like, yeah, I was I was looking at it from a from a more negative lens, but the team definitely made some some steps forward. And there are definitely some some awesome foundations kind of to what Jeff's point is, is that the bar will be raised for for next season. So yeah, I maybe agree. my grade is remember. a little harsh, but yeah, no, I no, I agree. But you gotta remember that they're human first. Like we're humans before we are anything else. We're they're humans before they are athletes. And and not the some that something that I just saw a few minutes ago before I hopped on here with you all, um, kind of go- goes to this point of them being humans before anything. And someone was talking about, you know, trade and trading players for dollars and just the sheer notion that they are commodities and not people, you know, so we got to remember that they are humans first and humanizing the work um, affects to me affects the perform, you know, affects the performance management of, of the whole thing. So I just can't sit here and say, no, they did really crappy and we got to give them a, a whatever below average rating. That's just not my personal views. And I respect everything that you all said about that because I, from a stat standpoint, from a season, from a playing standpoint, I can absolutely understand how you reach that conclusion. But I think just from a more holistic lens, from a more um, performative uh, management type of lens, humanizing lens, it's got to be, they've overcome a lot to get where they are. And they did Piled in under HR game today. I am. I can't help it. <laughs> well, one thing that I always like to to remind like my friends who are a lot of them are racing fans or, or Louisville city fans and they will watch games. And I, I it's this job has changed my perspective on this is significantly. Yeah. Um, although as a sports reporter, you hear like rumors and things like, Oh, so-and-so just broke up with their girlfriend, whatever it is. Um, but that's like, that's real. I mean, that we're talking about, oh, you know, someone lost their their grandparent on Monday. Um, you know, and obviously Ryan Dell is our GM is is uh, very much a a human who is <laughs> capable of understanding uh situations like that and saying like come back when you're ready basically. Um, but you know, these players are super competitive too. So you know, in instances where there's a family, um, a family death or, you know, uh, somebody in your family has been diagnosed with cancer or, or all of these things all the way down to, like I said, a breakup or something that's messing with someone's personal life. Um, we'll always give them space. Now, that's important. You need space. You need time to be with your family. Um, but I can tell you from firsthand experience this year that that they also are like eager to get back and compete again. And so they'll go home for a couple of days and then they come back and they're right back in training. Um, a great example of that, which is a very public thing um, was Savannah DeMello after the world cup uh, experience. That was, you know, you, you probably, if you listen to the snacks interview, she was talking about not really realizing or, or knowing that she was going to start in the world cup opener, uh, which was her second all time appearance for the U S women's national team on the biggest stage in the world, uh, in the game, uh, starts the first two games, doesn't play again, uh, was not expecting to start team crashes out. The whole experience was just a very whirlwind heavy experience. She got home and we basically said like, go spend time with your family, get some rest. And I think after a few days, she was just like, 
I want to just get back to soccer because I'm thinking too much about this. And mm-hmm. so if that's one person's experience with one thing, mm-hmm. extrapolate that to 26 people. And there's a lot of that. So th- I appreciate you mentioning that, Robin, because that's something that I think is hard for some of us. And I think video games have made it really hard for us to remember that there are human beings. Um, But that's a huge, huge part of this performance side of things is how is that person doing uh, while things are happening in their personal lives that oftentimes they can't go participate in because, you know, they're contractually obligated to play, to, to practice and play. Yeah, I think Ben will take offense to you saying that it's not like football manager out there in real life. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm a big football manager guy too. And, and um, you know, I like to fancy myself a very accommodating manager in the game and the door is always open according to my managerial profile. And I think we try to mimic that in real life. <laughs> in that game, I am not a people person. It, uh, you gotta math. You gotta math the whole thing out. <laughs> Look at what your wage salary is and what your output is. No, we need to find literally anywhere else for you to be on this team. But no, like, <laughs> uh, on, on a serious note, like you know, I I obviously don't work for the club or anything, but I think just my proximity to to both teams over the over the past few years has definitely kind of changed my perception on on athletes and, and people like surrounding the game. So whenever I do stuff like this or write or whatnot, like. I try to choose my, my words carefully, mm-hmm. like, um, trying to, trying to keep that in, um, in mind as well. I, but, you know, also, you know, if something's not good, you know, I want to be able to, to, to say as much, but yeah, there's still definitely a, a human element involved. It's really, it's hard to torch people on the podcast and remember that they're humans with feelings. And families well, and goldfish, and I guess then. And goldfish. Yeah. There's some goldfish. There's some cat, a lot of cats. Yeah. A lot of cats. I don't know if there's any horses. I'll have to find out. I don't think there are. Maybe not here. I think Savannah at one point used to ride horses, but I don't know if she owns. That was actually going to be my guess of if if a player had a horse, it was probably. Because I think she posted a photo or we, we got a photo of her riding a horse when she was a a very little kid. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't know of anybody who owns any, (laughs) any horses. Um, I'll report back guys. But like when you guys shared like the, the, the growing up pictures and the, and like the fun behind the Mm -hmm. scenes, stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. The the That's Mother's fun. Day thing this mm. season was really great. Yeah, that was funny Logan because about that. Whew, that was funny because I, I literally there were two people that I had to track down, uh, and we had like two days or one day until the game. Uh, one was uh, on a work trip in the Middle East, uh, which was and very hard to get a hold of till I finally got their um, their e- work email. <laughs> And then the other one was uh, the parent of one of our international players who I had to track down via our player's brother on WhatsApp um, and like try to explain what a selfie is. Um, that was that was it was a lot, but it was super cool. And and our players loved it. So I'm glad that it came off the way it did. Yeah, yeah my, my favorite reveal from that video is that Katie Lund's mother is just a clone of her, but slightly yeah. older. <laughs> Like who looks like who? Yeah. Yep. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Katie Lund or her mom? <laughs> so to to get us back on on track and some of the questions on this kind of overarching conversation on racing season, then the the next two I guess kind of are almost kind of one in the same. So 
Um, I guess I'm interested in getting your guys' general thoughts on the t- um, on the roster and what are some of the uh, the positions of need as we go into the 2024 season and try to make the playoffs. So. I I think the midfield was a strength for the team this season. I think with Howell and DeMello and Ari and Pikuyamsa in there, I, I think especially moving forward, I I feel very confident that this team will be able to control the midfield, which is was probably their biggest for the first two seasons, their biggest area of concern was the midfield. So I think they've pulled they've done a Full 180 there. Um, I think bringing in Carson Pickett and Abby Ersig was big for the defense in, in in improving. I mean, Jeff mentioned that defensively they performed much better this season. And I think that's those two are responsible for that. I, I think they're very deep in the attack on the wings. I think, and Katie Lund is, should have been <laughs> the best goalkeeper in the league uh, in the awards. So as far as like looking into this off season, what positions are I'm, am I looking to see players come in at? I, I think outside back continues to be, I mean, I, I, it, this is a league wide thing. Cause it's just, there's not a lot of depth overall at that position for anyone really, but I, especially in the run we had this season where Pickett was injured, you know, Malay had to play every minute this season. I, I, I think, depth on the outside in the defense is is very important in this offseason they have a lot of attackers on the wings and not not as many i mean other than davis um there's not uh so i i think another central attacker that 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 would be my two positions of of need for the offseason depending on how things shake out with the expansion draft yeah zach i'm with you i think that um and tom benson is going to crucify me for this but I think the Ursig Pickett trade for Emily Fox was probably one of the better better decisions that was made for the team sorry Tom still love you buddy um but (laughs) I I think that was that's going to be an irreplaceable duo at least for the short term you know um and not to slight any of the other players at all I, I agree that we need another Kirsten Davis or someone like her and um I think and of course, you guys know I'm not the analyst type, but something that I kind of feel like I've noticed this season is not necessarily that we didn't have the talent on the bench, but we didn't necessarily use the right combinations of the talent on the bench. So um, I think that there were some games when the right people were in the right places and that contributed a lot to our winning scoreline. And then other games we were like, what the heck is this lineup and why are they playing together for X, Y, Z reason? And so I think just another consideration would be maybe we have a lot of depth in a lot of places, but putting the right people together is going to make a difference too. You you guys said a lot of what, what I was going to say, um, particularly you, Zach. Like I thought the midfield was one of the strengths that, you know, it's just kind of ironic giving that the, the start of the club, that was definitely an absolute weakness. Um, Outside back was uh, was the number one need, much of the same points that that you had called out as well. Um, one thing I do want to call it as far as the roster th- this year is that, um, you know, we brought in some of those national team replacement players. And Maddie uh, Picorni, where are my Picorniacs at? Um, 
she was uh she was an absolute <laughs> revelation and i just and i and and i you know i love a story like that you know somebody who's who's essentially kind of like i don't want to call them like a practice squad caliber but they're not part of like any sort of nwsl like setup or whatnot we we bring them in kind of almost on an emergency short-term sort of basis and they work their way into the roster like i just i absolutely love that so um so that was a that was a cool little storyline for me yeah i i think you know what we what we learned from that experience is and we're seeing this around the league uh, with other teams too is the draft can be the draft can be a little bit of a crapshoot. Um, it's really very difficult uh, to, and this is, you know, even with having what I think is, is one of the best evaluation um, pairings that we, that you could have in the NW cell and Bevianes and Serge Gonzalez, our goalkeepers coach, they, those two do uh, did a ton of research going into the draft last year um, and, you know, saw something in, in a player like Kayla Fisher that, I mean, Fisher is just begging for more minutes um, and, and is a really impressive young player. Uh, mm-hmm. Great, like physicality, athleticism and size for the NWSL, but also is a, is a really smart player, really creative player. Um, but the draft is such a crapshoot. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could pick someone at number six or seven and they're awesome or you could pick someone at six or seven who never gets a really breaks in with your team. Um, but Maddie Picorni went a different route and went overseas, got confident, won a lot of games, uh, played in the champions league, played at Arsenal, played in some of these big, um, big occasions. And when she came back, it wasn't like a, a, a reticence or anything like that. I mean, she got the ball at her feet and would go right at people. It's like, I forgot who said it, I, but I, I love this phrase and I've kept it um, in my head since. Um, but somebody said she played like she was shot out of a cannon. Um, and that's just such a, I think it might've been Tom Benson, honestly. It sounds like a Tom um, thing. That's yeah, but it, but that's, but it's accurate. Right. Um, yeah. But to, to, to the original topic, I mean, I, I would just say, um, you know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm in the category of, of more depth than anything. I think, um, I think we've got a really, really good core. Um, I think they'll benefit from a fresh voice um, in the coaching uh, uh, aspect and and some fresh voices coming in. Um, I'd love to see depth across a lot of areas, um, but I think we need more goal scoring. Um, mm-hmm. That might come from shifting, you know, players who are already on the team into different roles uh, that, that maybe gets them further up the field. Um, but I, I just think there needs to be more goal scoring. Um, Carson Pickett, how many times did she have crosses that kind of went begging uh, on that back post, um, yeah. just a really good deliverer of the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I just think to your, to, to the point that you guys have made, I think um, depth across the board, uh, I think a, a, another six and another eight would be good um, to just give a little bit uh, more depth. Ellie Pickyamsa is an excellent center back and didn't really get to play there for the second half of the season because of all the injuries uh, that stacked up. So um, a little more depth in all of those areas, I think, are are kind of my thoughts here. Um, but yeah, we're all terrified of the expansion draft and how that affects your ability to to maintain the, the core of your team into the off season. So I know Ryan's got some things cooking, but um, but I just want to see crossed. more depth. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think we'll be okay. Isn't it two this year? Yeah, there's yeah. two two teams. Um, I think the most that they can take from, from our team is two. Um, 
Two each or two total? No, two total, I believe. No okay. no team and can I believe more than two players. If one player is taken, you're allowed to protect an additional player. That's correct. So you can protect oh, okay. nine, but after the first player is taken, you can protect an additional one. Yeah. So okay. The goal is to just not have any, not even have to make a protected list. That sure. would be, yeah, because I saw you... earlier this week, Orlando traded a draft mm-hmm. pick for protection and money back. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, there's room to make some some moves. Hopefully. Was- was I misinformed on this one? I also understood it that there's this kind of goofy rule in it where um, it's not only just based off if you have somebody like um, picked like from your team, but after the first round, you get to add one more player to your protection list. Is that accurate, or am I kind of just like morphing what 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 Zach had said? I don't think that's in there. All right, no, I, I the way I saw it written was after the first pick, you're allowed to. Okay. Uh, protect an additional player yeah gotcha well one thing i had noted i feel like this feels like a good time for that uh so i know we're all hoping that we're that we can team can make some trades and get some exemption from the draft but uh rather than running through like who do we expect to protect in a big long list is there a is there a player you're particularly afraid of getting taken in the draft someone that we would expect to be maybe at the top of that not protected list that I I mean, I can start because I have one (laughs) right off the bat. My fear is Davis gets taken in the expansion draft because just running through in my head, the the roster's so good. Like every, we have so many good young players and and nine is such a small number to be able to protect. Just like for me running through the protect, I I feel like Davis is going to be right on the, cutoff line for who gets protected and that would be that would be my biggest fear i i think if she if the team is not able to make deals and she's available that's going to be a target for the other teams for sure jeff milby and i had did did quite a bit of pondering about this um about this topic like who do you who do you protect in the expansion draft or whatnot and i was trying to work it out and and davis is one of those ones where like there, there's there's a world where I can see her left unprotected and there's also a world where I can see we get punished for for doing so and she has a lot of growth potential and that's you know you know if I'm d- setting up this roster protection list you know you have to imagine that long-term potential is somehow also weighed in there as well not just kind of the the immediate gains of, of such but um I you know I know I believe the club has been been doing this exercise for for quite a long time this didn't just start this off season and we started to to whiteboard <laughs> out who exactly is going to be there and i'm not expecting jeff to tell us anything specific <laughs> or whatnot but i like to imagine that the the club has kind of thought through every scenario and um and planned accordingly that is accurate and i will abstain from this uh yeah. from this jeff, jeff is allowed question. to skip this question <laughs> <laughs> but that is true I, i'll just I mean, I don't want to sound like a like a uh, you know a total company company man. I used to make fun of my friend Jason Riley at, at WDRB for wearing <laughs> yeah. his WDRB jacket, um, and it's like who does that? But now all I do is wear racing gear twenty four seven. But anyway, um, our stuff is nice. Um, but uh, but no, I, I will just say that 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 is definitely accurate. Ryan has Ryan Dell has spent a, a lot. Of, I mean, the guy. I think he called me. He called me about an uh, an hour or so ago. It sounded like he was still in the office, based on how the the echo of his of his of him talking um, 
sounded on the phone. So uh, he's spending a lot of time on it. The coaching staff um, that's still here, Beviana, Serge Gonzalez. Um, I know Julie Twaddle's uh, opinion is, is highly respected uh, in the room in, in terms of knowing players and things like that. Um, there's a lot of effort being put into this and I know other teams probably are too. Um, but, uh, I can assure you that this has been, uh, discussed quite a bit, lots of texts, lots of phone calls, lots of emails, um, trying to work with these teams. Um, but the goal is to just not have to worry about the expansion draft at all. I'm going to throw this out there real quick. I feel like if you were already a team in the league in the past, you shouldn't be allowed to do the expansion draft. I think Utah... Utah already. Utah was already a team. They had their chance. They don't get to do it. Zero players. Yeah. They just get a player back from Kansas City. They can. Yeah. They can take two players back from Kansas City. Something like that. I just think if you're a team that uh, that had to that had to do an expansion draft when everybody else had eleven players they could protect, that we should only be allowed to lose one player. Uh, <laughs> at some point, the league's got to make it up to us uh, mm-hmm. that we had to basically pick from everyone's bench. And the last four expansion teams now will get to pick starters from every team yeah. uh, or they basically get to to take whatever they want from us in, in exchange for please, please leave us alone. Well, uh, and another thing, I'm glad that they made the rule update because I think uh, it was because of the way it was taken advantage of in, in racing's expansion draft. But uh, I, I'm glad that they added the uh, if a player has a no trade clause, they have to. Mm-hmm. being protected because there was a lot of <laughs> shenanigans in Louisville's expansion draft of players that were left unprotected because it was known that <laughs> they were not going anywhere, even if they were picked. And I feel like that is not in the spirit of the rules. <laughs> yeah. No comment. <laughs> Robin, what about you? Who, who are you afraid that is going to be swiped away from us in this upcoming so... expansion draft? I have to really remove my HR hat here because I'm I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, how do you choose who not to lay off, right? Who is I mean, how, how do you how do I, you? Pay? And so I am I am anti draft in general. I should mention that I yeah I don't even particularly like college drafts. I feel like players should have input. But anyway, so uh, assuming I have read nothing, actually not assuming this is the truth. I have not kept up with people's speculations about protection versus non-protection because. I just haven't had time, but uh, I feel like if we, if we were ever in a position to lose Lauren Malay, I think that would be devastating for us. Personally. I'd like to to hope that she, she would be somewhere on the, uh, on the, on the list of, of protected names. She's just, I think she just means too much for the club. You know, she's like racing's like now McCabe in a way. And I, she can do anything. Thing. you can't have someone play every minute in the season then leave them off the protected list <laughs> right no i i hear you I, yeah I, I don't anticipate her to be off the list but like just yeah, in that the, would be a huge world. loss it scares yeah. you it keeps you up at night <laughs> it does <laughs> all right well tell you what we're going to cut to a quick commercial break but when we come back got a few uh player related questions to ask such as player of the year so stay tuned we will be right back does this ever happen to you Do you ever get sick of listening to the same old sports radio, Mount Rushmore this, hot seat that, the same rehashed old musty takes you've been hearing for years? Does it send you into a fit of rage causing you to lose control of the steering wheel, crashing into a vehicle leading to you being laid to a big meeting at work which leads to your ultimate firing and downward spiral of your life? Does this ever happen to you? 
Don't send your life into a downward spiral. Do what thousands of others are already doing. Listening to the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Louisville football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, Louisville City and racing Louisville soccer, Louisville culture, and so much more. State of Louisville Podcast Network and stateofwilville.com. Real fans' opinions for real fans like you. Welcome back to the Vamos Bravos podcast. We are still on the State of Louisville Podcast Network, and we are still talking Racing Louisville 2023 season. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive right into some of these player-related questions, and we'll start off with the big one right off the bat. Player of the year. Who gets that accolade from you guys? I'll go ahead and start off. I think there's a lot of different directions you could go in with this one, and, and fairly so. However, for me, it was uh, Abby Airsick. I think she just she just brought so much to this team. And again, there's a lot of other players that you could also say that about. But defense had had long been a a particular area of need, and she she did a tremendous job helping to to elevate our just defensive game all around. You know, she's a veteran presence on the on the team, helping kind of organizing a a rather young squad. So. F- for me, I, I thought she was absolutely outstanding and, and won, won that accolade in, in my mind. You got to pass the torch, Benton. I thought somebody was just going to jump in. Jeff, how <laughs> about you? I want to hear, hear from you. What's uh, Who's your player of the year? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, Abby Orsega is, is the choice for me. There's a couple of candidates uh, for – Player of the year, uh, Savannah DeMello had an outstanding season. Um, Jalen Howell, who uh, missed pretty much the the most of the games after uh, our Phil the Fam uh, game in August, still ended up in the top ten in, in a number of categories uh, in the league, and is just an outstanding defensive midfielder. Uh, and and I thought Ellie Pickyamsa played really well in her place, but I think you could tell how much the team missed having Jalen out there. Um, but Abby, to your point, I mean, um, with all due respect, uh, I, I'm going to have to keep saying that, but with all due respect to, to our, our team defenses the past two years and uh, Gemma Bonner was was an absolute delight to work with um, last year. But um, this team just really needed a vocal leader who understood the league, um, who could organize the defense. Um, but, but it's beyond that. I mean, it's the ability in those, in one V one situations. I mean, uh, I've got an almost two-year-old at home. So I always used the phrase, fill my diaper. Um, but you know, if you've got Trinity Rodman or, or Mallory Pugh or Sophia Smith running your, one of your center backs down one V one, generally you're going to fill your diaper. Um, but, uh, if Abby Urseg is, is back there and she's one V one, yeah, those players are incredible. Those are three of the best attacking players in the world. Um, but I like I like my chances um, because she knows how to read um, body language and, and movement and understanding where people are, are trying to be. She understands when to step and drop off um, and just was just so steady all season. So um, I'm going to go with her. And, and I think, again, as being around the team uh, a lot. Uh, I know how important she is to the team from a leadership standpoint and the way she carries herself, the standards she holds in training uh, and in that locker room are really, really high. So that's that's my choice. So I, I hate to echo Benton right off the bat here, but I think that's a really good choice. 
Robin, what about you? Are we going to make it three for three or do you have a different thought? Um, you know, I don't conform to convention buttons. So, uh, to you, <laughs> bucking trends. I, um, again, with the caveat, how do you choose for me? Um, my, I have to go with Savannah DeMello because of just the sheer impact that she made. Um, playmaker, dynamic, super, you know, push the team forward and and literally creating plays for us to score goals from and then doing everything she did, going to the World Cup and then coming back and still doing what she does and not really missing a beat. Um, that is a lot for anyone to do, whether you expect them to do it or not, whether you're young or old or great or whatever uh, no matter the circumstance so for me it's it's got to be so zach on to you <laughs> all right so uh i do want to add one more thing about Ersig that with all of our praise for her we didn't even bring up she's probably the team's best player on corner kicks target wise mm-hmm. which is a thing that mm-hmm the team struggled really badly with for the first two seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. I think went 20 <laughs> something games without scoring on a corner or something uh, in there. And and so in addition to how great she's been in defense um, has also been very incredible on set pieces, uh, which was a, a big help for the team. I, uh, I will try to, to be different. Uh, I want to, I want, I'm going to pick uh, Katie Lund as my, uh, yeah, player of the solid. season for the team. I, I think it's hard to argue that I think she's the best goalkeeper in the league <laughs> this year w- without giving her the the player of the year for the team. I mean, I, I think just uh, she she's been a great keeper since she got to the team. Uh, but especially this season, the consistency. Uh, I, I mean, she was in the conversation for best keeper for from the start to the finish of the season, she uh, had an incredibly good, I think statistical and just watching the games. Uh, So I I think um, as far as who on the team had the best year, it's hard to argue against Caitlin for me. Agree. Yeah, I have I have no issues with with Lunt or uh, or Savannah Demello being in that conversation as well. Those were the two names. In fact, I had in mind when I there's a lot of directions you could go with that. It's a travesty that Katie didn't get on on one of the two best 11s. I mean, an absolute travesty. And I'm just, I I wish voters would look at more than the name. Because Mm -hmm. I think if you look at any of the advanced metrics, Katie blows everyone else out of the water. And I I just, it's extremely frustrating. I feel like I'm screaming into the void half the time. I know we're a small market team. We're the smallest market team in the league. But at some point, it's like, guys, you got to stop worrying about who the biggest following on Instagram and, and who gets tweeted about the most uh, mm-hmm. in terms of how you're voting. You need to actually look at how people perform and you need to look at the metrics and actually make an informed choice on who you're voting for, because I, I just, it's ridiculous. I mean, she should have been goalkeeper of the year and first team first best 11. Um, but, you know, we tried our best and, and made some arguments this year, but um just yeah. really, really, really frustrating. I will say for for goalkeeper especially, the the awards tend to really be who is the goalkeeper on the best team. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you really, it, it is hard for a goalkeeper um, to win those awards without being on, um, you know, a, 
Yeah. Uh, especially someone who's not already a big name uh, without being on a, a very successful team. I, I think um, <laughs> goalkeepers, it's kind of, uh, I think when you play on a team with a really good defense, I think the goalkeeper gets a lot of credit for something like, you know, that that's sometimes a whole team defense. And then the flip side of that is um, a lot of goalkeepers have really great seasons without having maybe a defense to support that and, and sort of go unrecognized. So it's a very mm-hmm. it's a tough position for getting recognition. <laughs> it is. And, and I, I should say, just in case, anyone's listening to this who's not a racing fan jane campbell had a a fantastic season too um i just think when you actually delve into how difficult the shots were that that katie lund was facing versus the rest of the league you look at the goals added metric um just keep going down the list katie was the best in all of those categories so um anyway i I, we could talk about this for an hour i'd be i'm happy to blather about it another time all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll continue on. And now next kind of player centric question I want to ask is um, we'll go in the same order too. who on the squad was the uh, the biggest surprise, either positive or negative. And uh, for me, I'm going to go with uh, with Tembi just because uh, you know, we we really didn't know what she was about until until she got healthy and we saw her in action and i think it just really just blew everybody away her her speed and abilities so that was a that was a really ple- pleasant surprise that she seemed to kind of live up to the hype because i knew a lot of people surround the team were like oh just wait just wait till you see tembi and uh and it paid off so well and also achilles, achilles injuries are so hard to come back from especially yeah. to get your speed back and yeah. and and get your stamina so to see her, I mean, that I think the team did a very good job of giving her time to slowly work back in. She she was getting a couple minutes a game, and then it slowly got longer and longer. I, I think that was a very uh, very good for her recovery way, way to to get her back in. But that you don't expect people to. I mean, sometimes people have that injury and never look the same and mm-hmm. never get the speed back. So that. Yeah, that, that, I think that just adds to the surprise there. Yeah, I want to. Can I give a, a be annoying and give a shout to our medical staff because as soon as that injury happened, uh, they worked very closely with uh, the South African Federation to make sure that Timby was comfortable. She was getting the medical care she needed back home, and obviously South Africa played a huge role in that as well. Um, but they were in constant contact. So by the time that Tembi came in January, which honestly was kind of a surprise that she came to start training camp with us in January, um, it was there was no effort to sit down. And there there didn't need to be an effort to sit down and say, like, OK, what are we dealing with here? Our staff already knew. So they were ready to start working with Tembi from day one. And what a joy uh, she has been uh, since adding, since coming to our team. Uh, I'm going to say Lauren Malay is, is my, um, I wouldn't say necessarily a surprise just because she is relentless. Uh, she actually joked uh, with Ryan and Ryan Dell and me after the, the challenge cup final, we were saying, man, you just have an endless supply of energy. And she said, I'll stop running when I'm dead. Um, so I thought that was a great quote. And I was like, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, this is a player who has has played in a number of positions for this club. Uh, We kind of made light of that when we announced our contract extension um, of all the different roles she has played. Um, And uh, having been in the room uh, in the offseason last year, she was not penciled in as the starting right back. She was kind of an emergency outside back 
um, to finish out 2022. And, and if you guys remember, we had thought about Paige Monahan playing right back and Paige obviously had her own uh, really strong year uh, in the, in an attacking role. Um, but Lauren, I just was scrolling back on my feed here to, to read this back. Lauren Malay in her first full year at fullback um, played every minute of every game. She was first in the NWSL in possessions one, second in ball recoveries and fouls one. Uh, she lost to her teammate Savannah DeMello in the fouls one category. Third in possessions one in the defensive third. So times we've won the ball back when the other team is attacking. Uh, and eighth in, in pass interceptions. So as an outside back uh, to be, you know, claiming the ball as much as she did, to be winning the ball as much as she did, intercepting the ball as much as she did, um, for someone who literally had never played outside back until last year uh, is incredible uh, and, and, and a testament to how much time she spends um, on the game. Always is talking to Bev Yanez after every single training. She's the first player who talks to Bev about positioning and all that stuff. So um, huge, huge kudos to her for the year she had. I, I totally forgot that Monaghan was kind of like yeah. advertised initially as a, as an outside back. And then it just like literally never happened. Yeah. I think she, I think she played one game there and I think right. everybody was like, let's try you up front again. Um, and she, obviously that was a good call. She's, she was, she had such a good year. And, and I think uh, based on the category Zach sent, we'll get to talk about her uh, in the next uh, segment. So I'll, I'll pass the baton to Zach for, for most improved or biggest surprise. Which is funny because, uh, I was actually debating whether or not to have Paige. I'll go ahead and do Paige now because she go. was going to be one of these two for me. Uh, I, I think biggest surprise for me was was Paige Monahan because I, I think she's a player. She's been around the league a couple years. She's uh, she's played good on the teams, but I, I know. But this was definitely, I think, you could say her breakout season. I mean, this is, she played great this season. She was. Um, so I think I was so confident when she was on the wing in the attack. She she was really great in the press this season, really aggressive, um, uh, getting up and challenging for balls and, and disrupting uh, the center backs for the team. Um, uh, scored scored a lot of goals for the team this season. Uh, I I I think we I mentioned this at the time, but. So something I was looking for for growth for the team is, you know, um, some something we had not had until this year was a a player who had been around the league who had their best year for racing. I, I think, <laughs> you know, the, the team had a lot of young players early on, um, but you know, it, it it's it says good things about your organization, your team when when players who have been around are able to come in and succeed uh in your system in a way they haven't previously and so i i think uh i was very happy to see how well she played this season and i think it it says good things about the team and the direction they're moving that that a player like her was able to come in and have the success she had Alvin, what were your thoughts on biggest surprise or uh i guess most improved we kind of blurred the two <laughs> Um, I, I don't know that surprise is necessarily the best word here, but I think um, I was hoping to see more from Nadia this year. Um, I don't think you have to be so hesitant. Um, 
I, I just, I don't, I don't want to get um, Twitter murdered. So um, I, I just, I, <laughs> I, I understand, I, I think, and maybe I'm just like spoiled because the first time she came back, she like scored a goal in the first three seconds or whatever it was. And then I think the season coming back from the second injury, I think obviously was a little bit more challenging, more difficult. I'm not sure that um, she really found her groove at all or as quickly as maybe I would have liked for her to have because I, I had such high high hopes and like I wanted her to succeed it wasn't because like she's obviously a talented very powerful player that's not the question here but I think just um, maybe I'm a little spoiled and maybe I, I wanted her to just come back and be as as super dynamic and as scoring machine as she was before I, I was just I was just my heart sunk a little bit when that didn't happen for her this year. So that that that's kind of my like Debbie Downer moment. Preemptively defend you from the Twitter mob, Robin. I don't <laughs> I don't think that's that's very unfair. First off, like let's keep in mind that she's she's an older player and she's been through two major injuries. And the fact that she is still able to play in the in the best league in the world is just absolutely astounding. Now, with that said, you know, like we we have this kind of vision of of who she is as a player in our mind. And as, as these players start to you know age and particularly after coming back from again, two major injuries, mm-hmm. like you got, you got to readjust his expectations. So I can't say that I was, uh, I, I was feeling any, any different from you. And I'm sure she would have liked to have seen more as well. I'm just, I think she's just able to kind of get less and less out of her uh, you know production, you know, out, out of her body as her, as her career continues to go on. So I, you know, I, I don't think that was unreasonable at all. Yeah. And I, and I guess just like, again, adding the human aspect, uh, what she has like been through the past year um, with her mom and everything. I, I just like, as a human, I, her the mentally, emotionally, that that's all compounded with physical physicality as well. So yeah, I, I just, I, I wanted more, I wanted more for her. I know she wanted more from the season for herself. You see it on her face every game. Right. But yeah, I just I, I'm I'm just sad. I just think I'm just sad about it, more or less. Yeah, I hear you. All right, well, we will um, go ahead and continue right, on yeah. here. Let's go to some. Yeah, Jeff, you can unmute yourself. Um, <laughs> we can move on from, from the the, uh, the player centric questions. Um, I thought this one was um, was particularly interesting. Well, um, what do you think uh, um, is r- um, racing's best play style or formation and? For for me, I think it was is pretty clear, kind of a, a four three three sort of shape. You know, kind of what the I guess the organization's kind of like gold standard is as far as like how to play soccer. But um, I think that can could definitely vary based off of you know available personnel selection. And um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves because we'll talk about the coaching thing here shortly. But I'm very curious to see with the with whenever the new coaching hire happens, what you know. What's not only going to a happen to the to the roster, um, but but b like as far as play style goes, I, I'm if I, you know, and, and Jeff, you can if you're allowed to, you can speak if I'm speaking out of line here. But like, I feel like the organization has really strong vision of how they want soccer to be played here, and they're probably looking for somebody to fit that bill rather than just make a hire and, and force them to confirm if they're if they're not willing. So I think there's going to be a little bit of alignment in that selection, but it would still be interesting nonetheless to see how that, that whole situation pans out. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I, I think 
from from I mean, what do I know as far as formations go? I just write the press releases. Um, but <laughs> but you know, I think um I think the biggest thing for this next coach is um you know, obviously the the club wants to play attractive attacking soccer. Um, there's no question about that. I think pressing um as it, it takes a very different um look or has a very different look in the women's game versus the men's game. It's just different. Uh, and that's okay. That's just uh, the, the two different um, sides of the game. Um, but I do think that that racing um, is a team that has the roster now um, that can, that can press uh, when they were pressing effectively and cohesively. It was tough to deal with at times. Um, I, I want to assure our fans who are listening, uh, I, I wouldn't expect there to be, even remotely the level of roster turnover uh, that there has been in previous years. I think, um, you know, again, I, I'm not speaking out of turn and saying this, but I know that the, you know, the club is very happy with um, where things are in the locker room. Um, it's the tightest locker room that these players are, rave about. They love the support staff. They love the coaching staff. Um and so I, I I would not expect this to be the type of thing where you bring a coach in and, and they, completely shatter the roster, especially with the timing of everything. Um, it's such a short off season and there's so much going on. So um, I, I I'm with you though, Ben, I think, uh, I, I think a four, three, three, uh, a four, two, three, one. I, I, sometimes I like having the double pivot to be a little bit more disruptive uh, in the midfield and let your attacking players really focus on that. Um, and you need really one of those two pivots to be, uh, kind of a connecting player, um, but but most importantly, ball winners. Um, I think that's really effective in the NWSL to have that kind of shape. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm kind of a agnostic when it comes to to shape and setup and uh, all that. I just want the coach to be someone who communicates really well, um, who's who has the players fighting hard for them, um, and is someone who's got uh, finds a way to find a cutting edge. Uh, with this group, because we've got a lot of young players uh, who learned a lot this year in key roles. Uh, and now is the time as they all will tell you that they're, they're ready to take that next step. So who is that coach that can do that for them? We'll find out soon. Robin, I know you're an absolute tactics junkie. We cannot get you away from, from all the, all the <laughs> diagrams, the data. You're just an absolute nerd for this stuff. So I'm really show really us your tactics you. board. I know it's right off camera. <laughs> yeah, get ready for another hour of talking about this. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I like the formation that maximizes everyone's talent for optimum effectiveness and helps us win games. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Fair response. We all want that. <laughs> yeah, that's my super analytical sports analyst. Take, take. She kept it brief for you guys. I was, yeah, you just have to trust her. She knows her stuff. <laughs> Zach, what about you? So I'm with Jeff on being kind of formation agnostic. I do think stylistically, um, the the team looked the best this season when the press was working well. And, and I do think moving forward, maximizing the effectiveness of that press, I think will continue to allow the team to play better uh and so i think whatever form whatever formation accentuates that is good uh, yeah because uh, and as far as the coaching thing goes i one thing I, I i 
one thing I feel better about this offseason than in like previous off seasons where racing was looking for a coach is that I do think the, the roster is a big asset for the team right now. And so I, I do think rather than being in a position where the team's trying to bring in a coach to build a roster, they now have a roster that is attractive to, to coaches and they really are looking for, I, I would think much more looking for a, a, a coach for this roster. Um, and also I, I think, you know, that it should <laughs> at least hopefully attract some coaches here. Cause there, there are a lot of players that I think a lot of coaches would very, be very excited about having on the team currently. Well, so I, I think that's a, that's a big, uh, big plus for the for this coaching search right now yeah let's go ahead and talk about the 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 coaching situation obviously uh tim and the club part ways from one another so there's a a big void to to fill um in the organizations <laughs> I, the role itself is a big one um so with, with that said i guess what kind of what what trait or traits are you guys looking for in this next manager now i I felt like I was patient in my assessment of Kim, but at the end of the day, he never really did anything to, to impress me. Like I, I felt like I disagreed with him in some regards and felt pretty reasonable in doing so. Like, like, look, this isn't my job. I, I am not like a, I do not know soccer. Like, like a lot of these people do, but I, I think I'm closer to him knowledge wise of the game than maybe other coaches and and maybe that's completely unfounded but i just ended up not not thinking the <laughs> the highest of his particularly his game management that's so that's team, kind folks. of that's <laughs> the team. what oh man jeff just ben, you just got the the, the simultaneous wide-eyed glare that me and jeff just gave you on this <laughs> you're, you're, don't get me in trouble benton don't get me in trouble <laughs> Look, it's it's me talking. I just, I just, I, I mean, I thought I was really patient, and I just like, man, I just, I don't the know. The opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views of racing. They do not. FC. I'm like, I just <laughs> hold in. I, and I know Zach, we've complained about this before, but the most like like damning thing in my mind, like the, and we're going to go with recency bias here, was was the continued selection of of Nadia over over Kirsten Davis. Like I like that's that's exactly what I'm, I'm the kind of thing I'm thinking of there. Like, am I wrong? Uh, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And can I just say <laughs> the freaking subs, man? The freaking yes, and that's, subs. And that's why I just kind of grouped it as game management in, in general. Like, I did not think that was a strong suit of his. Maybe he has other strong areas. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> so that's a trait that's kind of high on my list. For people that can't see this video, no, what let me let me let me let me do this because I, I'm very uncomfortable with this subject. Um, <laughs> I'll just I'll just say this. Um, I, I think um, moving forward, you are right that that as you talked about a, a minute ago, uh, this is a very attractive roster, and as someone who has been here from the beginning uh, in, in this market. Uh, and I realized from the beginning means literally like three, three and a half years ago, but, um, <laughs> cool but from way. the, from the time this team was announced, uh, as, as existing to now, um, uh, our fan base. And, and again, I, I, I consider myself a fan, obviously I, I live and breathe this stuff every day. And, 
um, try to compose myself in press boxes, but it's very hard. Um, but there, there is definitely this kind of like chip on the shoulder. We're such a small market. We're, we're not LA, we're not glitzy and all that stuff. And I can tell people, and I'll let Ryan delve more into this whenever, uh, the coaching hire is made and the, and the search is done. Um, I can tell you for a fact that this has been a very attractive job, um, and has garnered interest from around the world. Uh, the facilities, as much as we're seeing these gaudy numbers thrown around um, for places and what they're building up, which is awesome. It's great. It helps the league uh, across the board. I'm rooting for all these different teams and all these facilities they're building. It's fantastic. Um, but I, I mean, our facilities to this day are still considered among the best in the league. Um, and the players who came here in the offseason um, from other clubs, uh, we know the long list of them, uh, will tell you to your face, flat out, not, not lying. They are locking eyes with you. They're not shifty eyes or anything. They will tell you this is as good as it gets in the NWSL. And so when you combine absolutely excellent uh, facilities, um, the practice facility in particular is fantastic. The amenities that are available to our players, the support that our players um, got this year from our staff, uh, we put in a ton of work in what was obviously a very difficult offseason last year uh, to feel like we were really providing a lot of good support for our team in the offseason um, through this year to now uh, has made this a very, very, very attractive job. And to your point, a, a great roster um, that we're just trying to not you're not having to turn over the roster. You're just mm -hmm. basically feeling like now you're kind of touching it up a little bit to put the finishing touches on what we think is a playoff team. So. I've been very excited about uh, who has expressed interest and um, I'm excited about uh, next steps should be hearing from us relatively soon. I would say what I'm looking for in a coach, you already mentioned it, but I, I am looking for a decision sooner rather than later. Cause I, I uh, definitely want, because we've got lots of drafts coming up uh, <laughs> and, and you multiple. Yeah. we got multiple drafts More coming than up one. and, and you don't want to go through those without having a coach in place. So I, I think we won't. You're good. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I don't know who the list is. So this is just this is just me personally. I I would like to see a coach that has experience with the league. And I think that could mean a lot of different things that is not necessarily a coach who's coached in the league. Um someone who's who's played here just someone who's been around american soccer because i i i do think i think one thing that may have prevented coach kim from succeeding as much as maybe we wanted to or he went to just maybe like a lack of familiarity with the specifics of this league it is much different than than the european leagues you have a lot of weird things to deal with here that you don't have to there and so i i I think I just want to see someone that, that has experience with this league league. And I think that would set them up to be able to better come, come in. I mean, we are, we have a roster that I think everybody is wanting to succeed sooner rather than later. So you want someone who's able to come in and hit the ground running. So not necessarily has to have been a coach <laughs> in the league. Cause honestly, with <laughs> the past couple of years that, <laughs> that that might be a, a 
existing coach brings a lot of baggage currently with with the league. I I, I do think someone with experience in the league, and that that could be experienced in a lot of different positions. So, Robin, traits of uh, desired traits you'd like to see in our next head coach? Obviously, me. So there you go. Yeah, our <laughs> master tactician. I mean, it here. sounds like it should be bitten. I mean, <laughs> one thing I, I will give him, like, you know, like I'll do a, like a, I was going to say like a compliment sandwich, but it's more like an open face. Right. Uh, but <laughs> he was, he did good on the recruiting front. He definitely was, like, was, yeah. was like our roster definitely elevated, like in particularly just bringing in some of these international signings. That area I thought went, went very well. Yeah. Sorry. Um, go ahead, Robin. Oh, no, I have nothing of value to add. Only Stark. Yeah. Okay, can we do a fun one, Benton? What can we do one that's not going to get Jeff fired? <laughs> I actually had I had Thank a fun you. one next, but we were talking about coaching stuff. And look, like like Jeff said, the opinions I reflected goal of on the this year. podcast. What, what was him. everyone's favorite goal from? Oh, this I was going to do a uh, favorite moment, but we well, yeah, okay. We can we'll do, do that goal. next. Okay, fine. Zach, you you have a strong opinion on this. What is your goal of the year? Oh, I think <laughs> Ari's volley. Mm. into the top corner the the first of several great Ari goals that we got during the season but just immediately that blew up I thought I feel like I started seeing gifts of that on Twitter before that game was even finished that was a a world-class strike that I mean we talked about the market thing that immediately jumped that, that, that I I saw Places that do not even typically follow the women's game a lot, particularly, were sharing that goal. That that was immediately just like a worldwide phenomenon of a goal. So that it's hard to beat that one for me. I, I know there were more important goals in more important games, but that that was my favorite goal of the season. And it's also just it's gorgeous. It's such a beautiful strike, uh, like rising into the top of the net. Uh, perfect placement at on a very, very, very high level of difficulty hitting a, a volley like that. Um, so that the, the Ari volley is mine. What, what about you, Jeff? Uh, yeah, that, that's, that would be on my, my, in my final three um, just for level of difficulty. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the three finalists and why they're on there. level of difficulty and, and world-class quality is that goal. Um, the, for the, for the goal celebration, it's Ellie Pikuyamsa's goal. Um, I can't remember which team she scored against, but there was sprinting to midfield while everyone was chasing her and then clicking her heels was iconic. Uh, what a great celebration that was. Um, and I feel horrible for even, I, I feel like I've gone this whole podcast without talking about Savannah DeMello a whole lot. Um, and she is, she's done so many things. Uh, and is one of my favorite people uh, in the organization, but I got to go with the Tembi Katlana goal to beat Portland um, because, you know, between that and the Orlando pride comeback, um, just a, w- what an emotional roller coaster those games were um, to feel like you came out, you're dominating Portland for, I mean, as much as you can in the first five minutes, you score an absolute create or give up an absolutely crazy goal. Um, and then do- continue dominating a uh, team that I still think is the best team in the league uh, this year um, to come away from that and beat them and exercise that demon 
I absolutely lost my mind when we scored that goal. In fact, I was so excited. I lost my voice just from celebrating that goal um, and knocked my own wind out. Um, so I, I, I feel like I'm such a waffler, but those are my three favorites from this year. Robin? Um. Okay, so quick disclaimer. I hope I didn't misremember this. I had a head injury as a kid, so my brain short circuits sometimes. <laughs> I got hit in the forehead with a softball when I was like seven. So um sometimes my memory isn't all that great. The 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 Savannah banger, the the one where she like hit it from what felt like midfield. That was a racing game, right? That wasn't a or was that a women's national team game? No, that was a racing game. Racing mm-hmm. game. That one. The Savannah banger. That's mine. I have a pretty poor memory when it got she had when a it lot of to good go- ones. To goals. Yeah. I remember she hit like a long one. I don't remember the details of it, but um it came out of it came out of like nowhere. I think I don't know. It was the it curl, was- the outside of her foot goal from outside the box. Is that what you're thinking of? No, oh, I remember that one. one. It, was, it was like from way out, like past the 18 yard box, and she just clunked it and it went all over all these people and it went in. Oh. I don't remember. I don't remember. I do remember the outside the foot one that Jeff mentioned. That was a that was a really great one. Just, I mean, she was on fire. That was a very fun. That was in the middle of that stretch she had. Yeah. I mean, all the goals are great, but yeah. How do you pick? Yeah. Don't ask me these questions anymore. <laughs> ben, do <laughs> me a favor. We got one more after this. Do me a favor and give a shout to to Paige Monahan against Kansas City because that was another banger of a goal. Uh, and we, uh, another player who I, I feel bad that I haven't talked enough about for, for that was, that was what I was going to say. Um, but I also want to, 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 um, to second vote on, um, Zach's one about Ari. Like I said, mm-hmm. I don't have, like, I don't feel like I remember all the goals super well, but, uh, but they stood out to me. We had some good ones this year. Can I throw so, in an honorable mention? I'm just throwing. We'll just run through every. Got a big that, old that list going. Scored. Keep keep them coming. I'm sorry, but but from an emotional standpoint, from a an importance to the club standpoint, and the and the players on our team standpoint, one of the easiest goals she'll ever score. But Kirsten Davis, uh, in the Challenge Cup semifinal, I think this team needed to feel what it was like to win a knockout game, an important game in the NWSL. Uh, in a knockout stage. And quite frankly, I just feel like, you know, again, I work for the team, so I feel even worse saying this, but I just feel like the first two seasons, we don't score that goal. Um, And I, you know, that's a testament to KD and the growth that she has had. Um, Yeah. She was gifted the ball in that circumstance, but she still had to settle it, take a couple touches and finish it against a good goalkeeper. And um, I think from an emotional, like momentous standpoint, that actually might be the most important goal that we scored all year because it just showed our team that they can win a, a semifinal in an NWSL knockout tournament. So throwing that in there too. I know that was, that's a, that's a really great point. I'm glad that you, you shared that one as well, because I think sometimes when you're thinking of like the goal, you're sometimes the context of the goal itself doesn't always come, come to the forefront. You're just mm-hmm. thinking how like flashy it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get that. Well, this kind of, uh, I think, segues pretty um, pretty well into it. Our, our last question here. Favorite moment of the season? This can be on or off the pitch. I'll go ahead and start things off for me. I thought it was that win over the Pride at the very, very end. It was particularly exciting kind of knowing that 
that the hopes of of making the playoffs were still very much alive obviously did not pan out but the excitement at that time in that moment like i was I, I was debating with Jeff Milby. I'm like, can we call this an instant classic? But I think it was contingent upon the uh, the playoff results. But it was definitely one of those matches that will, will stay in my lo- mind for a long time. Mine's off the pitch. Ooh, what is it? A different. Um, my favorite moment that brought 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 a lot of the joy back to for me that I have been missing. Um, just since my, since changing out of the, you know, leadership role in in things. So um, becoming a casual, if you will. Um, (laughs) The the thing that really brought me a lot of joy in in watching was when the Legion gave the team their end of season gifts. So we did like a secret Santa type of draw where we um, matched a player to a Legion member and we each got them like a little end of season gift. And so lining up and handing those out to the players, players were completely unexpecting of of anything like that. And just um, being able to really demonstrate the appreciation and, and true fan love and all those positive things and kind of ending ending that season on that note of of gratitude and and giving that that was truly a highlight for me as a supporter as um a human as as anything and so i you know the the work that the legion did to put that together um should not go unnoticed and i don't you know it it, i i know that the players appreciated it too because their social media reflected it you know all of it so um that 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 probably was the best my best moment for me. I like that. We should get HR people on the podcast more often. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it, you know, I, I, I agree with you and the Legion does a lot of great things and I'm really appreciative of their, of their passion and the, and the action they take towards that. It's fun. 502, $5 and two cents. And you could be a member of shameless plug. <laughs> Jeff, I'm curious about your perspective on this one. Yeah. Do you need a minute? Um. Well, I, I, there's a couple moments that I can that I can think of. Um. You know. Again, I, I'll I'll give you I'll give you fast ones because I know I'm a talker. I'm sorry. I'll give you three. Okay. First one. We're here, we're uh, here to talk. That's totally fine. It's well, an audio fine. medium. What was what was really it was really important to us, um, and by us I mean the, the the support staff, the coaches, um, communications, marketing, ticketing, sponsorships. It was very important to us for our players to know uh, that we had been thinking about them all off season, that we had been trying to work really hard to build the foundation that they deserve um, in mm-hmm. our in our facility and in our company. Mm-hmm. And the day they came back, their first day of, of preseason, um, I think there was video of it. I, I don't know, but we just lined um, the walkway and had a balloon arch and and just everybody standing outside cheering, high-fiving and music playing. Um, we had team gifts for them when they came inside. And it was just a really nice moment to because Lord knows I shed a few tears um, last fall. It was very difficult. Um and so to be able to say like, hey, we really care a lot about you guys and, and we're happy you're here uh, was a huge moment for us. Uh, the other one 
real quick. I'll give you the other two quick ones. One, media day. I don't think people realize how much work goes into that and planning. Uh, we had a snafu about halfway through uh, to do with the league sponsorship uh, deal on the jersey and like recovered very quickly and dealt with it. And it was great. Um, and then the third one was a, kind of a rallying moment. Uh, May obviously started uh, difficultly. Is that a word? Uh, with difficulty, uh, with the loss to Orlando, uh, turned out to be a pretty good team. Um, but then to bounce back, beat Chicago, and then beat Kansas City, and then go to Kansas City and win again in the same week. I stood on the bus um, and gave a little rallying cry, an MF moment uh, on the bus in Kansas City to our players and let them know how excited everyone was uh, for them. And and I think that those were some uh, – it's a fond memory of mine because they were all like, yeah, let's go. So, um, <laughs> But, yeah, this was a really fun year. It was a very fun year, and we have a really, really fun group of people, and I can't wait to do it again uh, in 24. Zach, bring us home. Your favorite moment. Okay. I was probably a bad choice to go last because I have such a, <laughs> after all of those big important moments from Jeff, I have such a, a small moment that I'm probably the only person that even remembers, but it's something that stuck out to me all season. And I feel like we have not talked about her enough. Uh, Ellie, uh, there was, it, this was, I think it might've been second or third game. It was early in the season. I think I already know uh, where you're going. Game against the spirit. Been <laughs> Second uh, game of the year. Yeah. She had a sequence where she just trucked like four <laughs> spirit players yeah. in, in like a 10 second span. Like literally <laughs> knocks a lady off of her feet, like stiff arm NFL <laughs> running back style. Had someone run up and just sort of like did the the hip swim move like a like a like a running back does to get around somebody held on to the ball and made like quite good pass at the end of the sequence. And I, she's just such a unique player uh, for racing. And I have really enjoyed watching her play this season. And that, that just that 10 second, just trucking over people <laughs> sequence is my, it's my favorite moment of the season. I, I could watch. I actually, because I wanted to make sure I remembered the game, right. I have the gif of it that the team posted up right now. And I, I have probably watched it 30 times while we're talking and it, <laughs> it doesn't get old every time I see it. Uh, yeah, I, I am looking forward to seeing uh, more of Ellie next season. She she was great. Funniest yes. person on the team too, which is makes it even better. It was such an iconic moment. As soon as you you brought her up and mentioned early season, I'm like I, I know exactly what he is about <laughs> to say here. <laughs> Isn't it funny though? You, you you could point to all these different moments with all of the additions this year where you were like, Oh, I see why they, I see why they went out and got like Ari's goal obviously was the big mm -hmm. one. Although she was really good against Houston too, but, but Ellie had that moment, Abby and Carson, we already knew about, but like, you could just go down the list of all these players and you're like, Oh, okay. That that's cool. <laughs> I'm glad that those people are here. Yeah, let's, well, so let's hope this, we have the same level of roster success this offseason and any new acquisitions. We will. We Don't worry. Any we, names? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, who's the coaching short? You had list? to try. Spill. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> See if I caught him sleeping. Uh, my, wife, my wife doesn't even know who, who these. I think everyone knows. Uh, I, I don't think anyone would be surprised by um, a lot of the answers, but no. I, I oh, actually yeah. don't want to even know who the short list is. I, I just want to know who the hire is. That's fair. 
Uh, so that actually, that's a good segue. You mentioned all of the new players. We're not going to do a rookie of the year because it's just one team and there's not really, but who was the new addition of the year? Who, who is it? So it doesn't not necessarily one of the rookies in the league, but someone who was, this is their first season here, which is a very tough one. Cause like Jeff just mentioned, I feel like all of the new additions played so good. Well, I'll go ahead and start while you guys think. I'm going to go ahead and exclude Airsig from it. I'm going to mean that you mean by the league. Um, because I feel like no, no, no. New t- I think Airsig would count. New to racing. Well, no, that's lame. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, all due respect for her. She already got my player of the year thing. I got to I gotta say somebody else. Um, oh, my screen just cut out. Um, my new addition... Uh, and again, this one, I guess, as an asterisk too, was was probably uh well, I almost said Tembe, but you know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Paige. Thought she was uh she was very versatile and she got she got a bit more more playing time than than Tembe by way of the recovery from injury. So so Paige in my answer, she was uh she was a real, I guess, delight to to have joined the team. I mean, knew she was part of the league before. I can't say I knew a whole bunch of, about her, but she really uh she really helped uh elevate things and, and was part of part of that big uh big positive move that we've had is in terms of results yeah I'll, 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 I'll build off of that I, you know I, that would have been my pick so I'll, I'll make another pick instead but but just to to piggyback off that real quick Paige monahan is critical to the locker room a critical human being to the locker room you saw she was just nominated for uh, best teammate, uh, but in that NWSLPA and ally uh, thing that that they've been putting out, such a kind person, absolutely hilarious, um, but also just a really good soccer player and fun fun to be around. So my pick, if that if she's already been taken, I'll say Carson Pickett. I feel like we haven't really talked about uh, Carson Pickett, the highest rated FIFA player on our team. Um, she is uh, sorry EAFC. Uh, don't offend uh, uh, our. <laughs> partners in electronic arts um no but carson the quality is just evident um the pass to create the tembi to to kd goal against orlando if you watch it on that vertical angle the curl on it is an is immense um just such a quality player and when she was hurt i knew that that was that that was not good for us um just the technical ability uh the competitive spirit i mean she was uh, immense for us this year and um, you know, obviously we talk a lot about her and Abby together uh, and how important they are for our team, but uh, they're so good individually in such different ways. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll pick Carson, even though she's not an out of league um, newcomer, she's a across the league newcomer. Jeff took my answer. Sorry. Took my answer as well. Sorry. Ooh, double. So I guess. Well, spread the love guys. Come on. I guess um, I'll go with, I was also going to say Tembi um, until Benton said, I was going to say Tembi. Uh, <laughs> you can say her. I didn't, I didn't formally select her. So I, 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 I think uh, now that Carson's been taken, I think my, I think Tembi for me, um, because, because holy cow, like here she comes. Yeah, she was a real revelation and and lived up to a lot of the the hype, which was which is awesome to see. She yeah. looks like she's about to run out of her boots every single play. Like Forrest Gump, like when he's 
runs through the end zone and doesn't stop like like okay <laughs> to the to the point where it was scaring me early on because those first couple games she checked into i mean like knowing the kind of injury shoes are coming from yeah when she was turning on the jets i was like oh please 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 be careful yes i was too i love i love when her and carson call each other tom and jerry that is <laughs> absolutely comical i want to tell you guys a quick anecdote about tembi real real fast uh us uh, the us women's national team played in cincinnati um when was that uh and after the i think the season had finished or was no 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 it wasn't over yet um and one of uh the very significant regulars on the us women's national team walked up to ryan dell after the game and told him that tembi is the fastest player she has ever played against um so i think tembi now that she's gotten a year uh, under her belt and has played without injury uh, for a few months. I think I'm expecting big, big things from her in 24. Very good. Very good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, Zach, do you have any more uh, questions that, that we didn't get to, or should we wrap things up? I also want to shout out Carson Pickett real quick. Cause I feel like we, of all the players we've mentioned, we haven't talked about enough. She's definitely, right, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, Arguably best in the league at her position. Uh, I, um, yeah, agreed. Uh, definitely, um, specifically the the best crosser in the league. She puts it right on a target. Uh, her and her and Ersig coming in single handedly turned around their um, uh, the team's corner uh, issues. I, I think. Um, I mean, that, that trade, looking at it in hindsight, we got, the team got absolutely the best they could have hoped uh, out of that trade. Um, so, and, and also, um, like you mentioned, Ben, uh, I, I think, um, oh gosh, my mind went blank. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll add on to it and, and I don't, I don't know this. I've not spoken with her personally, but I get the impression she's probably one of the nicest humans alive. Like definitely in the in the conversation for that, she just strikes me like that. And just just nodding. So yeah, I so mean, I seem to be on something uh, there again. I I just have to say, I mean, the stuff that people hear about it. Like I got a few skeptical text messages from early in the season. It's like, no, th- these everyone is being genuine. This this is a very very good group of of human beings. Very fun to deal with, uh, and she's right at the top. Uh, especially as someone who's asked to do a lot of interviews, asked to to meet a lot of people after games, win, lose, or draw. Um, just a, a a fantastic human being. Love that. I love that we have. They're good on the pitch and off the pitch. Yeah, I love that. we didn't mention it, but speaking of great off the field shout out to Jalen and the oh yeah what is the name of the award i, for, I forgot but the 2023 the, nationwide community impact award there we go for her work with uh down syndrome louisville with that uh probably getting names wrong but uh i mean great uh, to be a leader on the field like she is and and to put in all the work off the field uh, just says a lot about the locker room it's just a great group of of people this season. I'm glad my daily voting panned out. Oh, I voted <laughs> multiple times. How many burner yeah. accounts did we all create? <laughs> <laughs> who, who else created a bot to vote regularly? 
yeah, yeah she uh yeah, she, she definitely earned it yeah she she and the great thing about it i tell everybody who will listen to me she, she when when she started with them that was not a hey we're going to nominate you for this competition uh that was her she wanted to uh, she's got a family friend a close family friend uh, with down syndrome that was the motivation behind it she wanted to get her rookie year in and then start finding ways to build into the community, obviously being named captain at 23 shows the impact that she has on our team, but she, she built this and hats off to our community engagement coordinator, Steph Birdorf as well. Um, those two paired up to really make this thing pop. And then the folks at DSL, Carly Riggs and them have been awesome. So um, I'm excited for Jalen earned it. 25 K is a nice little chunk of change to be passing on to, uh, to down syndrome of Louisville and, our team rallied around it. It was very cool. So there's going to be more stuff like that in, in 2024 um, in the community. So that's good. Love it. Let's run that one back. Win it in 2024 as well. There Let's we do go. it. Cool. All right, gang. Any any final thoughts? Anything that we didn't get to? Anything burning on the tip of your tongue that you didn't get to share? I just want to say I am I am really looking forward to next year. Thank since the team has existed, this is the rosiest I've been coming into an off season about, about the team in the, the next year. I, I think it's a, it's a great locker room. We have a lot of young players. Um, we have a GM now, which is, which is good. Uh, I, I, I think, I think everything is in place to have a, a really fun year next year for this team. How do we go an hour and a half and not say go big perp? Because we were saving it for the Maybe end. Maybe Monahan's biggest contribution to the team this season. Go yeah. big perp. Yeah. That's fantastic. I just want to throw one more thing in here. Christmas starts on Black Friday, not a second before. Thank you. I agree. No, agree. no Christmas music till then. Thank you. The man after my heart. They were putting out Christmas decorations before Halloween had even come, and I will not stand for it. That is autumn erasure. We have a whole we have a whole other season to get to before Christmas starts. Thank you. Absolutely out of control. I'm glad this is is a safe space for me to share. (laughs) This is. We're gonna share it out, and all of our listeners better be nodding in agreement. (laughs) Anyway, I walk in Joanne. I don't see a single turkey. I don't see any any fun leave changing color decorations. It's all Christmas stuff already, and I hate it. Look, you got Zach all worked up now. Unbelievable. He's upset. He's Zach, upset. let's do a whole other episode just on this topic. Oh, thank yeah, we'll, you. We'll, yes. We'll keep it live. <laughs> but uh, Jeff, Robin, thank you guys for uh, so much for, for joining us, having this conversation, talk about racing. It's always a, a blast talking with uh, with both of you. And um, looking forward to, to catching some games with you guys next season. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. I'm always cool. happy to talk about racing wherever and whenever I can. Oh, we'll be hitting you up uh, when the when the season uh, begins, I'm sure. So, um, listener, thank you so much for tuning in. We will continue to be producing content uh, periodically um, throughout the the off season as is warranted. So, so stay tuned. We'll uh, catch you guys next time. Vamos Marauders. Bye, y'all. <laughs>